you ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here. I want to take a moment to welcome you to another episode of the Living Your Legacy show. In this show, we interview legacy makers, the professionals who support them, and we also offer ideas and strategies on how you can create a legacy that you love and want to live into. And today we're going to address a particular issue that applies to parents, specifically moms. So One of the challenges that I know I have as a mother is trying to carve out time for me. I'm a mom of two. I have a son with disabilities, which means that he kind of counts for like twins because there's just so much in his life going on. Or on bad days, I feel a bit like Octomom, like there's just so much going on that I can't keep track of it. I have three schedules that I need to manage. And lots of times I manage my husband's schedule too. So that's four schedules, which means mine usually comes at the end of that list because I got to make sure everybody else gets their everything organized and done. And that's not uncommon for moms and for parents, but specifically for moms. Um, And it can lead, I know for me, there's lots of days where I'm like, wow, I spent the entire day doing things for everybody else. And somewhere in there, I didn't factor in. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in there, I just, where, where do I come in in all this? And that's a question that I think lots of moms ask. And you also start to wonder at some point, you might just wake up and feel like, I just lost years of my life to being devoted to everybody else. And you know, once upon a time, I had dreams and goals for myself. And I don't know what happened to them. They kind of, I don't know, evaporated. And if that's you, today's conversation is going to be the most amazing one for you. Because our guest today is all about offering tips and tools and strategies to help moms reawaken themselves, come back into their own lives, their own purpose and meaning, and do it with joy. I mean, who doesn't want all of that? So (laughs) let me introduce you to my most amazing guest today. I'd like to take a moment to introduce you to my friend, Melissa. Melissa Clampett is a guide for high-achieving yet overwhelmed mamas. And man, so many of us are that. She is, she works with women that want to do it all, but are left stressed out and unsure about just how much more they can take. And haven't we all had those moments? Oh my gosh, I could like pick one last week. She supports them to drop the super mom facade so that they can actually start to enjoy their life live in alignment and experience more ease and joy. And I'm interested in, in digging into that super mom facade and talking a little bit about that. She is also the podcast host of the Reawakened Mom podcast. I'm so grateful to have been a guest on her show. She is an amazing interviewer. She's a dynamic speaker, a wife, and a boy mama to three. Melissa, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. I'm just like, I can't stop smiling. That was just beautiful. And everything you said, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be sharing that because like, that's me too, right? Like, even if we're, I'm here talking about these things, it never means that like, I've mastered it or I'm the guru or I never have these times when I feel lost and I need to work through this framework again. Like it is a practice. So I just want you to know, I'm here to share 
this framework with you, but this is things that I am still working on as I go through different seasons of my own life, as my kids are getting older, you know, all the different things. So um, I just, I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you so much, Michelle. Oh, you are so welcome. So let's jump in in this place because there's a bunch in your um, bio that I really want to dig into. But first, let's start with this. I ask all my guests this question. When you were in grade four, what do you want to be when you grow up? And did you do it? Okay, this is, it's not a loaded question, but it is. Also in grade four, I have actually known my whole life that I wanted to help people. So currently I'm 46. So when I was in grade four, I don't know, I don't do math. Like when I, while I'm on air, I'll have to be like counting on my fingers. So I'm not going to do that. But however old I was in grade four, probably like 10 or 11, I did know that I wanted to help people. So back then to me, that was you're a teacher or you're a nurse. I don't do blood well, especially other people's blood. So I knew I wanted to be a teacher. So when I graduated, I actually did go. I went to school. I became a teacher. I got my um, dual certification, special ed, elementary. I actually did teach 10 years, just not consecutively. Um, And I taught kids with autism and I loved it. But we can get into that too, like kind of where I started to feel lost. And I kind of had to listen to that knowing in myself. But I did. I knew I wanted to help people. To me, that was those two. And I was a teacher on and off for 10 years. That's amazing. You are one of the very few guests that actually did what you said you were going to do. Lots of people have had these crazy dreams. Like I wanted to be a prima ballerina or an astronaut, you know, typical things kids say. And of course they didn't do it. Um, But in your case, that's very cool. So why don't we start there? So you launched into your teaching career. You worked with kids with disabilities, specifically with autism and on and off as you probably had your own kids. Would that be right? Yeah. So I, um, so I got married. So when I met my husband in 2001, he had, um, a son. So beginning there, like so many people thought I was crazy, to be honest, to be dating a man who was almost 10 years older than me, who already had a child, because then I'm like, wait, what are you doing? Like you're coming into this relationship with a lot of baggage. Let's just say, I don't agree with that, but obviously, cause I've been married for almost 20 years, but you know, that's what society family was telling me. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I'm going to listen to myself. I love, I love this. So I became a mom, um, before I had my own children, but when I was teaching and when I got pregnant with my 17 year old now, there was just this thing inside of me. I had never seen people stay at home. I had never seen anyone, you know, make money from home. That was legal. (laughs) I'll just Uh put that out there. That was legal. We all know (laughs) the illegal ways. Yeah. 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 So when I got pregnant, I was like, we needed two incomes. I was like, there's no way I can just leave my teaching career, the steady job, the pension, you know, getting paid every two weeks, the health insurance, and then do nothing. So um, I actually got into uh, network marketing and Mm -hmm. I did it for, I was blessed to be able to do that for seven and a half years. I left my teaching career because I had this knowing inside of me that I wanted to not miss a thing, that I wanted to be the ones taking care of my kids. And then I had another child three years later, but I wanted to be that person. I didn't want to miss a thing, but I knew that I still needed to do something to bring income in. So I was always working while being at home, but that was like the first shift for me when I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave teaching. I'm going to do this thing. I left on great terms. So I was able to go back to teaching when my husband wanted to have his own restaurant. And so, you know, I stayed home for seven and a half years. I was so fortunate And then once he wanted to have a restaurant, I wasn't really into jewelry anymore. I was like, I'm not wearing costume jewelry. I'm out playing with my kids. I'm running on the soccer field, on the little league field. And it just didn't sit in alignment with me anymore. So I went back to teaching for a couple of years and then I left again. (laughs) Fair enough. I I love that that shift in your life. And I love the things that you were thinking about. Because so many of us think the same things, right? We don't want to miss those pivotal moments in our kids' lives. We don't want to miss, you know, there's memes going around Facebook, like how important it is to be there. Because when your child looks up from what activity they're in and they see you, that builds so much confidence in them and and all kinds of good things in our kids. And of course, we want that for our children, for them to grow up to be self-confident and self-assured and skilled and and well-rounded and all those amazing things. And so many moms do, myself included, want to not miss all those things 
But yet households often need two incomes in order to just be able to, you know, get by and to provide our kids with all these things. Lots of those things they want to be involved in don't come cheap. Yeah. So we got to figure out ways to pay for that, that don't take away from other things that we need as well. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand what you're saying there. And I love how you just gave yourself permission to be in alignment. Many of us don't. Mm-hmm. We stick with something for the paycheck or the benefits or, 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 and we hate every minute of it or dread going and we wish we could do something else, but we don't really allow ourselves permission to pursue it. So I love that you, you did that. And then as things shifted in your family, you shifted, um, in your own life and tell us where you are now, what's happening for you now. Yeah. And I do want to add to that because I do recognize, you know, as I was doing those shifts and changes, it was never easy. So I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, it was so easy. And I just thought, hey, I'm leaving teaching and I'm going to do this. Like, it's never easy. You know, it's never easy to go against what other people are telling you you should be doing, what society says, even family members or friends. They're going to think you're crazy probably if you're doing something outside of the box. But You know, I just want to encourage you to listen to what feels good for you and your situation. And my husband was so, you know, he was so supportive in that as well. So I think that is very important too. Like I did have that support from my husband that he wanted me to do these things. So that did make it on another level a little bit easier because I didn't have that friction Mm -hmm. with my spouse to say, oh, no, no, no. Like you're not doing this or this isn't going to work for us or whatever. Like it was very, it was great conversations that we needed to have. So, um, so after I left teaching for the second time, um, I that's when I really felt lost. Um, when I was teaching, I had um, a very challenging year, a very challenging classroom, and I was not per se like in alignment with the administration at the time because I am someone who thinks differently. So I am there 100% for the kids. I am there trying to think outside the box for these kids. Like, let's get them out in the workforce on things they want to do. And that's not always taken easily. Um, So I left the second time because I was losing myself. Mm. I was losing myself. I was being a horrible mother because by the end of the day, you're there teaching eight hours and you have to be calm. You can't yell at your students. Like you can't say maybe the things that you're thinking in your head, like in situations arise. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be, you know, very on, very calm, you know, thinking situations through um, all day, every day. And so then when my kids would walk over to me, I wasn't the mom that I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I wasn't the wife that I wanted to be. And I was losing myself. I was just getting very angry and depressed and I wasn't a happy person like I'd like to be. So when I left that second time, I really knew like I wanted to help people, but this isn't good for me. This isn't good for my mental health to stay in this situation right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I left and I, I did this passion project in 2019 called The Reawakened Mom because I'd gone to something and so many moms that I talked to had lost themselves. So many moms had put their passions on hold, you know, because, you know, after they got married or after they had kids or they just thought, I'm too old. You know, mm-hmm. who am I to do this? Mm-hmm. And so I interviewed um, a woman every single day in the month of May in 2019. And it was just beautiful to share their stories and to share like what they've gone through and to have honest conversations, because I think we can look on social media and we can really see what's happening. And we look at the highlight reel like, oh, my gosh, she's got the husband or the wife and she's got this and the kids and all these things in the house and the cars. And she's probably in her closet crying. I mean, that's where I was when my kids were younger. I was like, how am I going to keep this up? How am I going to do this every single day? All the things that I I had said yes to. So now I love to work with moms to really help them. I want to get to, I want to get to moms before they're empty nesters. Like I don't want people to wait until their kids are gone to be like, now I have time. Now I can do something for myself. Now I can do that job. Now I can do this. No, I want to talk to the moms that are right now they're in it. They're living in it and they want to know, like, there's got to be a better way. There is something inside of me. I haven't done anything for myself. So that's really what I am passionate about right now is just inspiring and getting to moms and being like, yes, you can. Like, Mm -hmm. that's really what lights me up. 
That's amazing. And so let's talk a little bit about that kind of mom stuff. You talked about in your bio, the super mom facade. What is that? And how do we know if we're doing it? Yes, uh, that is basically, I, I feel like we as moms sometimes wear a mask. I know I have done that before where I am trying to do it all do it well. Like you talked about so nicely. It's like all these different things. You're the Uber driver, you're the event planner, you're the chef, you're the laundry, like you're the cleaner. You're the, like, you wear all of the hats as a mom. And it's very unfortunate that that has been put on our plates. And I would love for us to start being like, yes and no, like no more. Does it have to be on me? The, the woman in the house that I have to do all these things. This is a collective here. So mm -hmm. I like to teach moms that you don't have to do it all. And then there's actually five. I guess I love the magic number five, but there's five things that we can do to really drop that facade of doing it all, because I guarantee you, like, come at me if, I, if this isn't true. I guarantee you no mom that is only showing all the good stuff on social media is actually doing it all. There is no way like she either has help or she's not putting the things that she's struggling on on social media. So Please do not believe that facade that the women that are showing only the good stuff, they have it all together or they aren't struggling. So I want to really talk about those things that we are struggling about. So dropping that super mom facade, it's learning to ask for help because you can't do it all and you should not be expected. And sometimes we put that expectation on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But we shouldn't be expected to do it all. It doesn't make you a bad mom. It doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing, anything like that. If you have to ask for help, it means that you know who you are, you know your value, you know your boundaries, which is another huge thing, mm -hmm. and that you know that you want to be the best mom in person. And so you need to set those boundaries. You need to ask for help and then be able to receive that help. Because again, that is very hard for us. It's knowing that you need to care for yourself, whatever that looks like for you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you have to get a massage every week. You have to have a morning routine. You have to do all these things. What about you? What do you like to do? Is it just getting up five minutes early, having a cup of coffee? Is it saying, hey, I need to go to the gym. Let's plan our schedule. Like really looking at that self-care for you so that you know what works for you. And then, of course, gratitude and finding things that bring you joy. Like if we aren't having joy in our own lives and we don't have something that is just ours, mm -hmm. like I think that's part of the process why we start to lose ourselves because we we don't make any time for ourselves. So that's a little bit about dropping the super mom facade. Hey, that's a lot. And I, I love that you unpacked that and we could have a whole other episode yes. on that and we yeah, yeah, yeah. very well do that. But let's assume again, coming back to our topic today, that somewhere along the way, mom woke up, whatever mom that is, maybe it's somebody in our audience and realized that you're lost. Like you're just so busy being busy in the day to day of everything you're doing with your children, with your spouse, if you have one or your partner or your family or whoever else is out there that you're doing things for. And all of a sudden you just realize, gosh, like, where do I fit in, in all this? Mm -hmm. I feel so lost. I'm now in these patterns or routines and, and I don't know what to do. So let's, let's talk about those five steps to finding you. Like, how do you find yourself in all this? Yeah, I love that. And so if it works best for you, because I could sit here and talk about this and I could talk for half an hour and you'd be like, all right, Melissa, let's cut it. But what we can do is I can talk about each step if you want. And then if sure. we want to talk about it before I move to the next one, whatever works best, but um, so the framework is basically they all start with R.E., which I just I don't know why I love that kind of thing. I used to be a school teacher, so I try and come up with clever things um, and it makes me giggle. So I like to do things like that. But the first step in finding yourself again is you have to remember. You have to remember who you are. And so I like to walk women through like, OK, let's start with your the things that you've accomplished. And this can be. The simplest thing as like, uh, I bought a house, I bought a car, like I got a job, I graduated from high school, like the, not that those are simple, but like, let's go back to basics. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could be, you lived in another country, you got married, like you birthed the babies, like anything that you have accomplished in your life, any degrees that you've had, any races that you've ran, if you've done something super cool, like I was on a roller derby team, like that's so cool. Like 
think about those things that are unique to you that you have accomplished. Because so many times we as women, we don't even remember all the things that we've done because we all think about the negative. But Mm -hmm. it's like, no, look at all this amazing stuff that you are doing. You're getting up every single day. You're pushing through. That's an accomplishment, right? And so I like just kind of start there with like, let's look at the things that you have done and like, let's pat yourself on the back because like, it's probably way more than you even remember on a daily basis because Mm -hmm. we're in that hamster wheel. And then we're like, oh my God, I totally forgot that that I did that. So I always love to start with, with that, remembering things you've accomplished. But then I also like to jump into What are those things like you asked when you were a little girl, when you were in high school, maybe before you even got married or you were in college, what were those dreams that you had? What was that thing that you loved to do? What was it? Because we all have something Mm -hmm. inside of us. And it could have been when you got older and you like started being around other people and adventures or whatever that was. And you're like, oh, there was this business or there was this or that. So I love to remind people, like, what was that dream? What was that thing that you were so excited about? Mm -hmm. And then also in turn with that, like, what brought you joy? What was that thing you loved to do as a little girl? Was it art? Was it riding horses? Was it getting out in nature? What was that? Because that's going to help us start to remember that light inside of us, how strong we are, how amazing we are, and just how amazing we are just by being who we are. So that's the first step is remember. I love that. You're right. It is so easy to forget all the things that we have accomplished because we've been focused on other people's accomplishments in Mm -hmm. our lives. So I love that. Remember, remember who you were. Mm -hmm. Remember the things you loved. Remember the accomplishments you've had, the goals you had, the things you were striving for at some point in your life. Beautiful. Love it. And I would encourage the audience to um, actually take the time to write this down, like take a few minutes to think about it and write it down. And you may need to come back to it over a course of a few days because you might not remember it all. But when you go back over the list a couple of times, it might actually get you to spark a few things like, oh, gosh, yeah, when I was, you know, this age, I won an award or I came first in this race or, you know, I learned a different language. I don't remember it now, but I learned it, you know, things like that that are really cool that give you a chance to kind of smile. Plus, it's a fun trip down memory lane. Like, really? Let's do it. So remember, step one. Love it. What's step two? All right. So step two is once you remember, then what we're going to have to do is release because all of us have those, that negative self-talk. All of us have old stories that we got from our family, past ancestors, society, the people that are around you, especially like when you're having a baby, how many stories did you hear about this is what you should do and you should bottle feed or you should breastfeed or you should do this when you're delivering. There's so many stories that we are taking on. This is the type of job that you should have. You should start a podcast. No, you shouldn't start a podcast. You know, all the different things people are telling us to do. And a lot of the time we're holding on to that. A lot Mm. of the time that's not our brain. That's not our story. That's somebody else's story. So what we need to do is we need to reprogram. So what we first have to do is write these things down. So we need to write down, like, what are some things that are holding you back? Maybe it's, I'm not enough. I'm too old. Like whatever your story is, I'm not good enough. You know, like anything that you may be thinking could be you're too young. Maybe you think, oh, I couldn't take that leadership position because everyone below me would be younger than or older than me. And like, how could I do that? So There's all kinds of stories that we can have, um, but it's important to write them down because first we have to recognize, you know, what they are. And so once we recognize them, then what we can do is release them. And you can do that in multiple ways. Like after we've written these down and you've written the negative self-talk, you've written down all of these negative things that we say to ourselves, you can release it in some way. Um, You know, that is you could take that paper that you've written it down, you can rip it up. Some people like to do like a burning ceremony where they might take this piece of paper and like light it on fire and send it out into the universe. And it's just like kind of a release. Some people do a cord cutting. So releasing what we've been holding on to is really the next step in finding our true self and getting rid of all the things that people we've held on to that other people have told us. It's so true. Um, Mine for the longest time, the thing I held on to was I don't have time. Mm. I don't have time for this. I am so busy with all these other things. I don't have time. I don't have time. There's never enough time. And I told myself that 
multiple times a day. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And then when you sit down and start looking at it in reality, I totally did. You know, I, if I shifted around some things, if I let go of, you know, maybe pre-recorded some of my favorite TV shows and watched them on the weekend instead of the night that they're airing. Yeah. Um, and of course, when you pre-record, you don't have to watch the commercials, you know, that kind of thing. This is, of course, back in the day before streaming. Exactly. So again, you know, I looked at it. How much time am I spending playing games on my phone or scrolling social media? Maybe I could take some of that time. Or when I'm sitting in the car waiting for my kids at school, there's actually time there that I could be doing something else more productive. So really looking at, did I not have enough time? Mm -hmm. When I started looking at that question, the answer made me mad at myself because I sure did. So I needed to stop saying it. Yeah. Um, And I needed to really think about things differently. So I had to release that belief that I didn't have enough time for me. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was a challenge. And I'm sure that that resonates with lots of other moms out there. I just don't have the the time, excuse me. I think that that's pretty incorrect. Cause I think, again, if we look at it less passionately and less emotionally, we could really look at, okay, actually I found out, I discovered I had four or five hours of time that I was using elsewhere that I could replace and streamline things. So I love that. So first identifying the things you need to remember about you that are amazing, and then releasing some or all of those things that are holding you back. I'd encourage people, if this is the first time you're really thinking about it, pick one, one thing that you feel like is holding you back and have a look at how you can address it. I'm sure that's coming up for you too, but how do you, how do you release it? How do you let that one go? So that you can free up mental and emotional space. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we got remember and release. What's next? Next we get to rewrite. And this is like one of my favorite things because I'm a dreamer too. So I love to dream about my story. Like, what is it going to look like? I'm also like a forever optimist. Like anything's possible. Like that's why I love being a teacher. Cause I'm like, oh, we can figure this out. Like I'm a problem solver. So rewrite. So once you have released these old stories, then you're going to rewrite what you want your life, what you want your journey, what you want your future to look like. And I've done this in multiple ways. Um, I actually have a workbook that I can share with your audience if you want that. It's actually a 23 page workbook that goes along with this. But, um, you know, it's really writing those things out. What do you want your journey to look like? And mm-hmm. that's relationships. Like, what do you want your relationship with yourself to look like? What do you want your relationship with your kids? What do you want your relationship with your spouse if you're married? What about your coworkers? What about your work? Like, do you love your job? Like, this is no way trying to say like, quit your job. Your job's horrible. Like, no, you must, you might love what you do. That's amazing. So like, how do you want that to feel? Like, do you want a promotion? Like, do you want this? Do you want to go and start a new business for yourself. So you're really going to like have some fun dreaming and make sure you leave the expectation and the judgment, leave it at the door, because this is like, there is nothing you write down is wrong. Everything is right. Like this is rewrite. I'm like getting goosebumps as I'm saying it. Cause it's like, so amazing. It's like, you're a little girl, like rewriting that story, that fairy mm-hmm. tale. You know what I mean? You're rewriting it. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be the next steps you're rewriting. And that can be your affirmations that can be rewriting your story, all of these fun things. And you can journal. So if you're a journaler, then you can go ahead and and start doing some journaling as well. Um, But that's really the next part. And when you're rewriting, this is the step where you're going to need to be setting some boundaries. So, I mean, I could go deep on boundaries, but like boundaries are super important because as you start to rewrite who you want to be, mm-hmm. what you want in your life, you're probably going to need to set some boundaries and it might be boundaries around your time. It mm-hmm. could be boundaries around people. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be boundaries around things and work. And this is what I'm working and this is what I'm not. So I can't sit and tell you who you need to set boundaries with. But when you are rewriting, this is really when those boundaries start to play, because sometimes when you start to rewrite, people don't like that. People don't like when you're changing and you're growing and you're shifting. So that's where those boundaries are super, super important to play in this part. Absolutely. 
you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. So I'm going to go back to this whole idea of rewriting and looking at what's possible. So I think that that's the key. We spend so much time talking about what's impossible. What if we switch the, the letters around? Because I'm a former English teacher, switch the letters around. So we're going to capitalize the I, put an apostrophe between the I and the M, put a space between the M and the P, and then changes from impossible to I'm possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we start looking at things that way, I'm possible here. I love what you said, like, let's problem solve. Let's look at this. Let's let's look at what strategies we can use. Let's look at what could be possible. Mm -hmm. Not and I love it. Leave the impossible at the door. Park that guy outside the door and close the door. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's go and look at what's possible. Let's look at what could the future look like if you embraced some of these possibilities. Maybe you won't embrace them all, but what if you embraced a few of these possibilities? How would that shift your future in positive ways? When you start, the human brain is the most fascinating place. And when you start asking these questions, your brain, by the way, loves questions. <laughs> Ask your brain a question and it goes into overdrive looking for the answer. Now, most of the time, the questions we're asking is like, where did that shoe go? Why? Why? Why do you have one shoe? Like, where did the other shoe go? And what weird place will I find it? Right. Um, or why aren't you ready? You need to get organized. Like, these are the questions we ask. Like, where's the grocery list? You know, these are the, the common questions we ask. But what about if we asked the uncommon questions? If I did this, what's possible for me? What's possible for my family? How many amazing things would change? How many, what would I love to do? Would I love to go on trips with my family, without my family? Would I love to actually have a girls weekend away? Would I love to go away with my spouse or my partner or a friend? Would I love to purchase a piece of equipment just for me? Would I love to launch a new business and learn and grow and be in that community of women? Would I, what would, what's possible here? And when you start at the top of the page with I'm possible, you can reimagine anything and then you can rewrite it, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, if I want to do this. Then I can start looking at what do I need to do to make it happen? And that's where those boundaries come in. And that's hard. And we can totally do a deep dive on boundaries. <laughs> um, but it's hard to put those boundaries into place, particularly if it's with people we normally haven't had those boundaries because there is going to be pushback. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, wait a minute, you have never told me I had to do this by myself before. What? No. No, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, I'm saying that because that is what I hear from my children. Like, mm -hmm. what? I'm like, well, you need to understand, sweetheart, that when you're 40, I'm not going to be doing your laundry for yeah. you. <laughs> this is a life skill you need to learn. So we might as well practice it now where it really doesn't matter if you ruin your clothes. We can get you more. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so, again, people are going to not really like change, especially change where you're not necessarily making their life as easy as you historically have. So we need to expect that. And yeah. maybe part of the rewriting is also writing an answer for how we're going to handle that. Because I found in my life, my children are adopted. They are biracial. I am not. I am a white woman. And I get questions and they come at me at a left field. What I discovered was when I create answers ahead of time that I practice, when the question comes at me at a left field, I'm actually ready for it. Mm -hmm. And I have an answer that allows me to maintain my dignity and stay in alignment with myself. 
and end that situation relatively quickly. So we can come up with those things. So what would your children say? What are some of the objections you're going to hear? And then you can come up with answers for that. You can rewrite how that's going to be before it even is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? How powerful is that? Yeah. So that's amazing. So we have remember, we have uh, reinvent, reinvent. Is that what you said? Release, remember, release. <laughs> and now we're rewriting. Yeah. So the process we're reinventing. All right. What's the fourth one? All right. So now we're going to receive, which I find this is very hard for most of us because again, we are givers, you know, we're caregivers. We're taking care of everybody else. But in receive, what we're going to do is we're going to take everything we rewrote and mm-hmm. we're going to learn to receive. So receiving what your story is. You're going to receive help too, mm-hmm. which I know we talked about a tiny bit earlier. Mm-hmm. But like if you want to set those boundaries, you're going to have to ask for help. If you want to take a walk, if you want to go to the gym, if you want to sleep in a little bit, if you want to get up and have a morning routine, whatever that is, you're probably going to have to ask for help somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go back to college and take classes like Asking for help is a good thing for Mm -hmm. you and the person that you're asking help from. Mm -hmm. Just remember that. But being able to receive that. So even like when someone's giving you a compliment, when you are asking for help and someone puts the dishes away and they don't do it the way you do it, but they did it. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to do it. Mm -hmm. It's making sure you're receiving that, being thankful for that, showing gratitude for that. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't have to do it, which mm-hmm. is a very hard thing to do. What I love to do and receive as well, because again, so many of us, we're trying to find ourselves, but so many of us are so hard on ourselves. Like mm-hmm. part of that negative self-talk is a lot about the exterior. I'm too fat. I'm too ugly. I have too many wrinkles, my hair, my teeth, like whatever it may be. So I love to do a love letter to yourself, which is I think it's so magical, but it's so hard to do for so many of us. Because can you actually look yourself in the mirror and be like, I love you, Melissa. Like, I love you. Can you just take that and receive it? Are you like, oh, God, like, I can't. I don't even want to look at myself in the mirror. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So part of this process is being able to receive who you are, the magical person that you are, just the way that you are, with no changes in the moment right now. You are amazing. So being able to receive that. So receive the help, receive time for yourself, making sure you're making that time for yourself, writing yourself a love letter, why you're so amazing, why you love yourself. I was able to birth babies. I was able to cross, walk, uh, do this hike. I was able to do all of these amazing things that you talked about earlier Mm -hmm. and recognize those things in yourself. So being able to receive is a super, super important thing. I think that that's so, um, so very true. It is something I've spoken to a lot of people about. And of course, uh, most of my audience knows I was a former teacher as well. And I have always said to people, we hear so many negative things and we're used to hearing them that when we hear a compliment, we don't know what to do. And often we downplay it. Oh, you know, it's no big deal or that, you know, that's not really true or it wasn't very much effort, even if it was right. So learning to receive, I always say to people, if someone noticed something amazing about you and shares it with you, Mm -hmm. don't put them and their thoughts down Mm -hmm. by downplaying it. Yeah. Say thank you. That's hard. Thank you. Wow. That's so nice. Thank you. You made my day. Yeah. Because you know what happens? Not only do you walk away feeling really good, but then so do they, right? They feel good that they shared that with you and they know that they made your day. And you never know. You don't know the, the ripple effects of that. They may think about that and then start giving more compliments to people, right? Again, yeah. it's one of those things we need to learn to accept. And when people share genuine compliments, saying thank you is important because you don't want to make somebody feel bad for saying something nice to you, mm-hmm. right? It's so important yeah. to be able to receive that. Yeah. yeah. And I think I was just going to say, oh, go ahead. Nope. I was just going to say what I find too is us as women, because again, with that asking for help, if someone's trying to help us, oh, do you need some help? Do you want me to come over and watch the kids? And then we're deflecting. No, I got it. No, I got it. I'm good. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. People aren't going to keep asking because mm-hmm. they're going to think, this woman's got it together. I keep asking and she's saying, no, I'm good. I'm not going to ask anymore. So being able to receive, you have to learn to ask because then once you start to ask for help again, Mm -hmm. then people will say, 
do you need help? How can I help you? And you give an answer. Yep. You give an answer. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think too, there's such, we look at it and think people are going to judge us for not being able to do it all ourselves. But the reality is most of us feel like we can't do it all ourselves anyway. And sometimes when we ask, there's a bigger ripple effect to that too. It opens the door for somebody else to say, oh, thank God. Here I thought you had it all together and I was judging myself based on you. And hearing that um, really was like, oh, okay, so now I can ask, right? And I mean, it can be, you can start with simple things. Can you ask your neighbor for a spare cup of sugar or an onion? I've certainly done it. I've, I've called my neighbor up and said, like, oh, crap, I got to make dinner and I'm, I'm short an onion. Do you have an onion? And she's like, yeah, sure. She sent me home three. I'm like, oh, I didn't need three, but thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or her husband grows zucchinis and he's always passing them over the fence to us. So I made, you know, zucchini salsa and gave one back. And they were so excited about that because she doesn't do that. Like it's not something that she likes to do or wants to do. So they were super excited to try it out. Right. Yeah. Can we start with simple things? Can we start with our children with simple things? Can you pick up your clothes and put it in the hamper? And you can stay, you can like seriously scaffold this people. Again, you you got two teachers on the call here. So <laughs> right. we can scaffold this. We've got, got our lesson what, plan right here. That's we got right. our lesson if plan. If you don't know what that means, it means you start small. So it's kind of like learning to ride a bike, right? They've got their training wheels on. You're walking with them. You're showing them where to put their feet, how to handle the handlebars, what it means when you turn, right? You're right there, right beside them, holding on. And then over time, you start letting go and you walk behind them a little better beside them and they're doing it by themselves, but you're right there. That's scaffolding until eventually they're riding the bike by themselves and you don't even need to be close by. They've got it. So let's circle that back to picking up socks or picking up your clothes off the floor and putting it in the laundry hamper. Let's do it together. Right now, that's where you start. Let's do it together. Now you have they're they're doing it. You're going to give lots of praise. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Or when they're getting changed at the end of the day, instead of throwing it on the floor, can you now put it in your hamper? We're teaching new skills. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's going to take time and practice and their kids and they're going to forget and they're going to do it wrong. And that's fine. And then eventually you get to a place where they just know they need to put their stuff in the hamper so you can scaffold it. So you start small and build and build and build till they're fully independent. Remember, folks, when you want your kids to do things for you, praise goes so much farther than complaints. Mm-hmm. Right. You. Praise what you want to see, right? So that they get that this is important. And kids love to help their parents. Thank you so much for helping me, sweetheart. That's a big help. Mm -hmm. In my house, those are important words. My kids feel great about helping. Mm -hmm. So allow them to help you. And you're absolutely right. They will not do it the way you want. My oldest son is learning to make his bed. (laughs) It does not look anything like when I make his bed. Yeah. Right? But he is so proud that that lumpy, bumpy bed is made by him. Yeah. I would rather he be proud and the bed be lumpy, bumpy. I mean, the reality is he's just going to pull the sheets down and get in it later anyway. Like three hours later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I want him to be proud of that. So yeah, it doesn't look the way I want. I would do it. But then I also have years and years and years and years and years of practice and experience to make it look that good. He doesn't. Over years, he may eventually get there. He may never get there. Is it really so important that I got to fixate on it? Yeah. Right? Like those are the things you got to kind of ask yourself. So I love that. And then being willing to receive the help. That's really important because you're right. We cannot do it all alone. And in fact, most people don't do it all alone. Right? So why do we think we have to? And Mm -hmm. accepting that. Maybe we do need to. So maybe I want to, you know, do a college course. Well, when do you do your homework? Maybe I can get, ask my friend across the street, hey, can I borrow your kid for a few hours? Gives you a little bit of downtime and your kid can just hang out in my house and play video games or whatever, watch TV with my Mm -hmm. kids so I can do my homework. That is a win, 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 win. 
Really think about yeah. it. You got neighborhood friendships being built. That young person that's coming over to help you out with your kids. That's something they can put on their resume. They can ask you for a reference. It's great skill building for them. Your neighbor, she gets a little bit of downtime to do something on her own. Maybe she takes a bath or reads a book or drinks her coffee in peace, whatever. And you get to do the thing you're doing. So instead of looking at it as I'm not good enough if I can't do it by myself. Look at all the wins you create mm -hmm. by asking for help. When you look at it that way, it's a total shift in thinking and it makes it so much easier. So I love that. Love yeah. it. Now, what's the last step? We got all the rest of it mastered. What's yeah. step five? Yeah. So I have a uh, five. Uh, this is the fifth step, but then I have a plus one. So it's kind of a bonus at the cool. end, but I didn't want to change it to six. So I just kept it as five. So step number five, which I do think, and being a former teacher, this was something that we always had to do with our lessons. You have to reflect. Mm -hmm. So you have to reflect on how are things going? What's going well? Because there's going to be things that are great. There's going to be things that are not so great. So you want to notice what these things are. Did I set a boundary and then I didn't keep it? Was it too strict? Was it not enough? Like, eh, I didn't feel right doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like how, what's the next thing? So reflection, you're going to look at the things that went well, like, oh my gosh, I love that I started asking for help. I love that I'm making time for myself. I love doing a visualization in the morning. I love going outside. I love that I have a hobby now. You're going to look at the things that went really, really well and that you want to keep doing. And then you're going to look at the things where maybe it was a little bit more of a struggle. Like, you know, okay, I recognize this is something I need to work on. Like I see the value, but it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. So how mm -hmm. can I reflect on that? And see, how could I make that shift? How can I make that change? Maybe I need to have better communication skills. Like maybe I need to take a breath before I like fly off the handle. Like whatever it may be on this journey for yourself, you're going to reflect on it because that's how you're going to learn. Mm -hmm. That's how you're going to keep gro growing yourself as a woman. We're always growing. We're always changing. We're always shifting. You're never going to be the same person you were even yesterday. We're mm -hmm. always shifting and changing. So being able to recognize what went well, what didn't go as well, what do I want to work on? What do I want to do moving forward? Maybe I don't want to do this. I'm going to cross that one out. I didn't like mm -hmm. that. It didn't feel good. And you're going to reflect on that. And the bonus step is you have to repeat because this is not something that you did it. You got to step five. You're done. Hang it up. You're good for the rest of your life. The next 30 years, mm -mm. because things are going to come your way. You're going to shift again. You're going to want to mm -hmm. change. Like mm -hmm. who knows what happens with your children? your marriage, yourself, your job, your career, you could get fired. Like who knows, you know, who knows what happens. COVID. Yeah. I mean, for real. So this is something that's a toolkit that you have in your back pocket that you can come back to over and over again. When you're like, crap, I got back into my old sequence of the hamster wheel because come on, you've done it for this long. Like I'm 46. I did the same thing for 46 years. It's going to be hard. It's going to be mm -hmm. challenging. Mm -hmm. You can do it, yep. but there's going to be setbacks. Mm -hmm. So knowing, okay, cool. I'm feeling good. I made some changes. Recognize that. I'm showing myself grace. I got gratitude. But I know in three months, in six months, when the summer hits and my schedule goes bonkers because I'm traveling so much, I'm going to need to reassess this. I'm going to need to set new boundaries. I'm going to need to maybe change my schedule because I won't be able to work out when I was working out before. Mm -hmm. So just know that you have this in your toolbox to come back to whenever you need it. And you might just need to go to phase three. Maybe it's the rewriting phase because maybe all those things you wrote down came true. Wouldn't that be magical? Mm -hmm. So then you're like, oh, what's the next thing? What, what's the next thing I want to rewrite? So that's what it is. So you're going to um, reflect and then you're going to repeat as needed. I love and those that. are the steps. It's like, it's like really good shampoo. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Um, once you sort of figure it out, cause you're right. Life doesn't usually stay stagnant. The only thing that's constant is change. Your yeah. children are going to change and grow. Your spouse is going to be a different person in five years than they were now. Cause life has a way of, of, you know, making you change. So mm -hmm. having the ability to reflect on what worked really well here, what did I enjoy? What did I get a lot of benefit out of? What changes am I happy I did? And yeah. then what else needs to happen? It's not a judgment. Like, what did I suck at? You never use those words. And certainly I wouldn't either. What is an area that I'm still kind of struggling with, or I feel some friction in, or yeah. I feel like there's more work to be done here. 
And if you're parenting, there's always more work to be done in parenting your children for sure. And so looking at like, okay, my kid picks up their clothes off the floor and puts it in the hamper. What's the next step? What do they need to know that's going to be successful in their lives? What can I help transition from me to them in the level of responsibility? Those are some great questions to ask. And then, of course, it allows you to be able to continue to stretch and grow, being the person that you want to be, creating the legacy that is you in your life, right? Looking at all that. I love those steps. They're not easy, no. uh, but they are simple to do. And I love that that's the way it works. And you can, you, like you said, put it in your toolbox and be like, okay, I got some tools and some strategies here that are going to help me moving forward so that I don't continue to feel lost in this yeah. life that is supposed to be mine. Right. Yeah. Um, I love all that. And I love that you're, you're going to, you know, the offer, and I'm going to have to get you to give me your link for your web your book so you that we can your workbook so that we can get that added into the show notes. And of course, it'll be there for you. And now I'm sure that there are people who are listening and are thinking to themselves, oh my gosh, how do I get more of this woman? How can they reach out and find you? Yeah, the best place, honestly, because everything's there. My Facebook, my Instagram, my podcast link, like any offers that I have. I do like a mom power hour. I do a Voxer chat, one-on-one code, whatever you want. It's just to go to my website and it's melissaclampett.com. It's so easy. You can find everything there. So I think versus jumbling off a million things, just go there. You'll be able to connect with me however you want um, right from there. That's amazing. Melissa, thank you so much for sharing those five steps. I would love to have you back another day to talk about all the other stuff that you've got because you've got a couple other things that I think are so important particularly in the mom universe, mm -hmm. um, regardless of geography. Uh, where we live in the world. I think it's a very similar experience for many of us around the world. So I think it's so important. I think, thank you for the gift of that wisdom today, of those tips and those strategies, the steps to help us find ourselves and, and come back into alignment and not feel like everybody else is important, but us, um, to be able to feel like we've got it going on and we can take on more things by just looking at things differently and looking at what we can release into the universe and so that we can accept new things. I think that that's absolutely beautiful. And I got a lot out of today. I got to say, I wrote down those steps and I'm going to be looking at that myself. Oh, so awesome. I'm sure our audience will feel the same. Um, so thank you. I really appreciate the gift of your wisdom today. Oh, thank you so much. I loved, I loved, I loved being here. So it was, it was great. And um, I appreciate your time. Oh, absolutely. So folks, again, if you're in the audience and you're listening to all this or watching the TV show, I want to just remind you that Melissa and I think you are awesome. Go start living your legacy today. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.